RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out. We meet here usually at 6 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. I'm just looking at the camera. And I look like... Ugh, ugh. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes and keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it. You're worth it. Thank you for listening and hanging out. So I thought, hey, we have time. Usually we meet here as I was saying, on every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. That's our regular spot. And then Progressive Voices plays us at 6 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. And I've been doing the weekday specials for as many times as I can. The, our goal is to ultimately have a daily show like the rest of anybody, uh, any of these progressive talk shows worth a damn, they do a daily show. It's hard to do it, uh, you know, when you don't have a consistent schedule. So that's why I ask you to become a patron and really support the liberal media because you're looking at the liberal media, folks. I know. I know. Tell me about it, really. So we don't have billionaires funding us like Breitbart. That's how they made it. The Mercer family gave that hack... Andrew Breitbart, $6 million to start, to start that propaganda rag known as Breitbart. Now they have their tentacles all over the White House. And the Mercer family is ha heavily involved in that effort. And what's th what is that effort? It is a propaganda outlet. It's right-wing propaganda because they don't have anything in reality to boast about. They don't have a New Deal or Social Security or a great prosperity. All they have is their attempts to dismantle democracy. And they need their propaganda outlets to convince the dupes to vote for their own demise. That's what it's about. So if we have to... Have, if we have any hope of meeting, of, of saving democracy, I was going to say meeting them on the field of ideas. Give me a break. That's not the point. You can't meet Republicans squarely on the field of ideas. They don't have any ideas. Their ideas are as old as the uh, primordial ooze. Make the rich richer. Period. End of sentence. And they, they do it by convincing the idiots to... That, that, that starts with, do not trust your government. Do not trust your fellow Americans. Because when they're talking about don't trust the government, they're talking about the government that the founders fought a revolution to entrust to us. And... You notice what's going on now in Wisconsin, right now, as we speak. These effing morons are out there. They're having another tantrum. 
you know that you want to know what white privilege want to hear and see white privilege in action take a look at what's going on in wisconsin uh, any one of us even if it's this it's right wing white male privilege if we normal people got together and stormed the capitol with assault weapons if liberals did that you know what would happen the they would be arrested they would call in the the goon squads then and whatever uh they would be cracking skulls and dragging people to jail not when it happens not when right wingers do it because the right wingers are part of the the uh, bigger picture of dismantling the the democratic republic they it starts with republicans for generations telling people that their problem is government government is not the solution it's the problem that's well reagan said that but then clinton joined in they all chimed in because it's corporatism whether it's you know a kinder gentler corporatism or it's outright fascism i guess that's what we have as our choice in this upcoming election and i'll get to that in a minute too but right now in wisconsin if you go on twitter and you can google it it's all over twitter michigan terrorists hashtag michigan terrorists good that's what they are see there's two hashtags trending simultaneously one is michigan protest the other is michigan terrorists they are michigan terrorists these idiots are storming the Capitol because they can't handle what it means to live in a free democratic society that they pretend to love. The, the world doesn't revolve around them. They can't handle that. They're not emotionally mature enough. We outgrow that when we're still in the crib. We figure out, oh shit, I'm not the center of the universe. Look at this. There's a whole lot of other people. It's not all about me. You, you realize that when you get a little bit, you know, past zygote. Not right-wingers. Yeah. They, I understand. I understand how it's frustrating. This, this fucking government, it's broken. Yes, it is. It's corrupt. It definitely is. Money and politics, that's the root of all evil. What these morons don't seem to understand, well, they're being activated by stochastic terrorists in the Republican Party. I can't believe I, could, I said, that, said that word correctly. But they, instead of turning their anger where it belongs and, and, and engaging in the democratic process, we're in a, a fucking deadly pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. We have lost 60,000 people in two months, more than the entire Vietnam War that went on over two decades. And the, of course, the filthy, disgusting Republicans, their own projections, Twitler's projections were that we would lose 
60,000 people by August. So, yeah, we have certainly outpaced even Twitter's projections. And guess what? It's going to get worse because the dum-dums, the Michigan terrorists who are out there right now, they're not wearing protective gear. They're not social distancing. And unfortunately, um, I'm, I'm okay with that. Is it, I'm not, it's not unfortunate for me. It's unfortunate for the Michigan health system, which sucks as it is because we have the measurably worst, most expensive health system in the entire Western world. And it sucks. It sucks that decent people are going to feel the sting of the, the lash of these morons having a tantrum. If they had to, I would say, I wish, let them, let them get out there. I don't care. Honestly, I want them to get coronavirus. I do. They, that would be the most patriotic thing they could do, is get the coronavirus. And the, the most, on top of it, the most patriotic thing they could do is stay the fuck home. With your coronavirus, you got the coronavirus, don't come to our hospitals that are already overwhelmed. Don't dare think you could take a ventilator from somebody who's a decent human being who got this coronavirus and, and uh, in spite of trying their best. Not you. You don't deserve it. These Michigan morons, the most patriotic thing they could do is get the coronavirus and stay the F home and die. Gasping with their last dying gasp, breathing the sound of Twitler's name. Make America great. (gasps) Make America great, yes. Do us a favor and get off of it. Get off, step off this mortal coil, please. You would really be doing us a favor. The most patriotic thing you can do is take yourself out of the equation, Trumpanzi. They don't seem to understand. They're not capable of functioning in this thing that we are tr- we have tried to do in spite of them for ge- for forever since the inception of this country. We have been battling the conservatives, the right-wingers. This whole thing that we're doing is a battle against conservatism. To stand up to an intergenerational aristocracy and say, hell no, we don't need a king. We don't need your undeserving heirs. There's, it's, not, um, it's not conducive to a functioning civilization that just because you were born on third base thinking you hit a triple, that you... You get to run and rule everyone. No, 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 no. We want a system that works for everyone. Where the majority share in the, 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 the benefits and the, uh, the wealth that their labor makes possible. No, we're not just here as the serfs toiling 
thanklessly in the field awaiting our rewards in heaven while the, our sovereign lords, well, we beg for a trickle. No. That's what this thing is. This is the progressive antidote to intergenerational aristocracy. Not that these morons know anything about that. Because they are the agents of aristocracy. The useful idiots, the dupes, the dum-dums, the doltards, the albatrosses, the virus around, uh, in our seas, that is all over our body politic, taking over. Loud. But in the minority. You know how the more dead ends in ideology, the more violent its adherence. And that's what they are. This is a cult. And they've always been that way. They've always been in the minority. And they uh, can't handle functioning in a democratic society. So they need a, an authoritarian daddy to save them from the scary, complex world. And when, you know, that's what does it mean to be a patriot? I have to remind them. I'm not reminding us because we're the patriots. We're the true patriots. If we're at a war, if we're in war, at a war, whatever, what do you call it? At war with this effing virus, the invisible enemy, then, and everybody plays their part. Your part is to stay home, Bubby, not to have a fucking conniption. And I understand that, okay, yes, the fact is the government is corrupted by money. Get angry at that. Get angry at the fact that other countries all over the world, all our our OECD partners are paying people their entire salaries to stay home. And here they're nickel and diming us. And, and fighting, these filthy fascist Republicans are fighting, saying that we're making too much on unemployment. You know, because that's what they're there for, to teach us the dignity of work as if we don't know it. If we're making too much on unemployment, the fact is, maybe we should be raising salaries, scum-sucking... Bastards. If that's the case, if you if the people on unemployment are making more than they're making when they work, then there's a there's a problem with the system. It is broken. So go have your poopy diapy tantrum, you stupid dupes, uh, where it belongs. Walking around with your M16s as if you're in some some militia. I don't understand what part. This is why I can't stand it. I can't stand this fucking country sometimes, really. That's why I, I wish. I wish I could go back in time and tell my grandparents, don't get on that goddamn boat. What is wrong with you? Stay where, stay in civilization. Why are we here in this fucking shithole country with these morons? 
At least in Ireland, we'd have health care. We wouldn't have to struggle and fight constantly for, for what we know is right. Greed would not be the only value worth fighting for. That's what it's, it's come down to here in the United States. Greed is now the only value that we are taught matters. All, all the time, how we have such a booming stock market we, every day on the corporate media. The stocks are up, the stocks are down, the stocks are this, the stocks are that, the, 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 the. Fucking who cares? It does nothing. It matters not. Stocks go up when people lose their jobs. What is the point of an economy? To make a few people very rich? Or is it to... Make a civilization that works for all. But I know we have been programmed and the learned helplessness of thinking that this that nothing is the best we can do, that trickles are the best we can do. I'm it's it's beyond frustrating. I get it, fuckers, you dumb fucking Michigan terrorists. Um, yeah, you're pissed off. S- start being pissed off at the right things. It's not the shutdown. It's not that you can't get back to work because of a shutdown. The fact is you got to stay home. And if you can't make ends meet, that's not the, sh- the fault of the shutdown. That's not put yourself in harm's way. It's because the government is bought and paid for by this very morons you vote for. Over and over again. Like chickens for Colonel Sanders. Morons. We want to get back to work. Well, good luck in, uh, when you're dead. There'll be no jobs when you're dead. So... Do us a favor, go and get the coronavirus, but stay home. That's what I only ask one thing of these fucking idiots. Don't spread it to decent people who understand where to put their anger. We're already, you've, you've hobbled us enough, conservatives, you, whatever you are. You're not conservative. I mean, you're, you're morons. It's the same thing. It, it is... It is There is no difference between a moron and a conservative nowadays. What is is a conservative? It's boring, stupid, and easily played. Get mad. Get mad. Yeah. Don't get mad at the fact that you can't go to work in the middle of a pandemic. Get mad that they're not giving you the resources that is needed to effectively battle this coronavirus and stay home without without having to be um, on a food line at a food bank. Stupid fucking morons. But this is what they want. They're begging. They're begging to be duped. And uh, there's, you're not powerful. That's the thing. Standing there with... Your M16s, you're the weakest bunch of whiny little bitches, weak-ass little 
fucking dupes, useful idiots I have ever seen. You're pathetic. People who are strong don't have to scream, I'm strong. Look at me, I'm strong. Jesus Christ. No, you know they're strong. You're not strong. That's the, the moral of the story is you're the weakest little whiny little babies ever. You're pathetic. Of course, we're getting a lot of iconic imagery coming from this uh, coronavirus and just this time in American history. One of the, the, of course, we know the image of the the walking dumb. That's definitely going into some, I don't know, compilation uh, that will go down in American history. It'll be in the Smithsonian. The walking dumb. Here we go. This image. But we also have a new image that can't, that's coming out of the Wisconsin dum-dums. Let's see. I'm trying to find it. Here we go. Let's see if I can drag it over. There's a guy, you know, just a typical looking dum-dum. Typical moron, typical right-winger, screaming, just screaming into the faces of these uh, security guards, or I don't know if they're real, if they're cops, or, well, Capitol Police, probably. Yeah, there you go, real social distancing. All of them crammed together. And they have to let these white fuckers blow off steam. Now imagine, let's just change it. If it was progressives, forget it. As I said, we know. The cops would be in there busting skulls. They'd be arresting them. That's the truth. And if they were black, they wouldn't be tolerated. Standing there with M16s, with masks? Are you kidding me? There'd be murders going on. The cops would be opening fire on them. We know that in this fucked up racist ass country. These people are pathetic and it's embarrassing for to share the same air with them and, and look around the world and see what everybody else is doing. You see this happening in any other country that's battling this coronavirus. We're all in the same boat. No other country is enduring these fucking tedious morons. And tedious they are. What? What? I was going to say, what have we done to deserve it? We've done a lot. A lot. This is our karma coming home to roost. This is the reminder that you don't give conservatives an inch. You don't compromise with snakes. You don't give them credence. You don't give them legitimacy. You don't reach across the aisle and say, I can get things done with these fuckers because this is who they are. They don't want to get things done. They want to overthrow the government that all of the Americans who are dead in their graves all over the world 
the soldiers, the patriots, the real Americans, those who stormed the beaches at Normandy, the Civil War dead, all of those people fought, bled, and died to create and entrust this thing, a democratic republic, to us. And these, these fuckers are spitting in all of their faces. You don't pretend that conservatives have a legitimate stance by saying, oh, I can work, we're going to get this something done bipartisan, bipartisan. If I hear bipartisan, what are you doing? Bipartisan with, with a bunch of freaks and fascists and nut jobs who want to, who, who know nothing about democracy. They don't want to play by the rules of democracy. They don't want to build a coalition, knock on doors, convince their neighbors to register to vote and get out there on election day and vote for whom they think is best representative of their community who will best blah, 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 advance the interests in the government that the founders entrusted to us. No, they don't want to do that. That's too much work for these lazy fuckers. You want to talk about the dignity of work? They don't know anything. They got to get out there like, I got a gun. Second Amendment remedies coming right up. Are you kidding me? You're going to get things done with these fuckers? Pretend. You're going to pretend they have legitimacy? They have a legitimate stance? All you're doing is asking for trouble that way. Pretending that it, it gives them legitimacy. That's what it is. And that's the problem. You don't give fucking fascists and anti-American mother-effing terrorists legitimacy who are endangering the community. If we're at, a wa- at war with the coronavirus and an entire faction of fascists are unable, for whatever reason, mentally, emotionally, whatever the fuck, to, to do their part, right? To join the battle against the coronavirus, and they're unable, they're, they're working against the interests of the community. They're a danger to the community, you gonna work across the walk work across the aisle with them? What are you doing? I'm, that's why I'm so sick of these fake ass DLC fucking phony fake ass Democrats too. You fight like this whole thing it depends on it because it does. It's civilization is on the line. Democracy is on the line. He keeps saying everything's on the ballot, right? Who, who was saying that? Everything. Uh, was that Obama too? Yeah. De- decency's on the ballot. Blah, blah, blah. It's always on the ballot. Well, it is. It's still on the ballot. And unfortunately, I mean, I'll get to Joe Biden in a minute, but... Unbelievable. That's why the, what's so frustrating. Of course, it's easy in retrospect to go back and think about mistakes 
Mistakes were made. The passive voice, mistakes were made. Um, yeah, Bernie should have fought like a revolutionary fight. It's like our lives depend on it, because they do. But we're, this is what happens when you pin medals on war criminals in the name of bipartisanship. Last show, I played the clip of Joe Biden giving George W. Bush a medal. A medal of fucking whatever. Liberty medal, medal of whatever. Medal of uh, circle jerk. Circle jerk each other in the ivory tower. That's what it was a medal of. The medal of uh, giving ourselves legitimacy and cover for our war crimes. They don't, there's no accountability. You don't put a medal on a war criminal. You don't put a medal on somebody who lied us into a war that we're still in for no apparent reason except we, uh, we broke it and now we got to fix it? And Joe Biden, okay, fuck it. I don't know. Uh, today, here, here, I'll get into it. People are going to be mad. Who cares? This is a problem. We have a problem. In, in America. We have a problem in the Democratic Party. Yes, I know. Bernie is doing an event right now. Uh, I see this on the chat. Resist, evolve. Bernie's doing an event with Elizabeth Warren? <sighs> Jesus Christ. That's annoying. Then this is what I mean. We're, no one has any spine. My good friend Joe. Um, okay, so yesterday... I'll get back to all uh, these mother effers in Wisconsin and all. And the other thing is, what's what time is it? I I can't do. Um, I'm just letting you all know. Not that you forced me into anything, but I probably won't do another three hour show. We'll see what happens. Those are famous last words. I just need to get some sleep. I'm I'm so angry right now. It's really bad for my health. I don't know. I have a perpetual knot in my stomach about these things. I could feel it. I, other people feel it in different parts of their body. I get a knot in my stomach. I could, it's like a physical thing. And I have a perpetual knot in my stomach. And it's not just because of Twitter. Of course it is. But I see, I, I just feel that it's so obvious to me. And I feel just so despondent sometimes looking at the idiots in Wisconsin and uh, with Michigan, I mean, these, these Michigan terrorists, or watching the Democratic Party do it to us again. I get very despondent. If anything, you think we would have... I thought they would have learned. That's the thing. I gave them too much credit, the establishment Dems. I did. How could they do it to us again? I didn't, I guess, I was in denial. But here we are. And of all the establishment candidates, they really fucking left us with a problem, a big problem. That they knew. This is the reason why Democratic voters two times over said no to Joe Biden. No, we'll take a pass. 
on, on this one here. He has many, many problems. Many, much baggage from the plagiarism, the lies, the, uh, the changing parables that he constantly tells, the embarrassing changes that he makes to these stories. He tells stories, cons- I mean, you could almost forgive it, but it's, it's cynical, in my opinion, telling stories about veterans you're, that you pin medals on and yelling at people to get up and uh, we're how uh, we should uh, um, think about how this guy can't sleep at night and as if we're the ones that sent this fucking guy to die for a lie. But okay, but there, um, you know, he has, he's making it too easy for the Republicans. Instead of putting somebody up there, that has that legitimately has um passion behind him a passionate base a passionate um antidote to the fascist fucker who is squatting in the white house despite receiving fewer votes we have somebody that really cannot take the moral high ground on Many issues at all, which th- is is really concerning. When it comes to health care, he can't take the moral high ground. When it comes to Social Security. Now, we know that Twitler's a liar. We understand that. It doesn't matter. He will lie and he will continue to lie. But he can fight Biden on the left and on the right, he can come at him, and he will lie. And mark my words, I've said this before. Remember, I'm saying it again right now. It will not surprise me if Twitler comes out and, during the campaign, calls for universal health care. You, you wait. You wait and see. He will do it. Whether It, it doesn't matter if, it, if it's real. He said it in 2016. Everybody should get health care. It should be free. Every, it was going to be great, and it's not going to cost anything. He said these things. It's easy to do. It's just so simple. That's why people voted for him. He went for the left. He went, he, he went to the left of Hillary and to the right. He, was, he ran a progressive campaign hitting the Democrats on all their weaknesses, NAFTA, CAFTA, Iraq war, health care, and hitting them on the right with, you know, bringing in the added racist component, like a Frankenstein's monster. A, uh, you know what I mean. Anyway. So now we've been talking about Biden's, um, he has a problem. There's been, for, for uh, years, women have come out. Of, they say he's a little too handsy. Okay. And there's other stories. There's many videos, too, of Biden smelling people's hair, acting a little bizarre, kissing young girls on the head. Weird. You don't fucking act like that. If you, if you have respect for somebody, 
This is the truth, too. And that's why I believe Tara Reid. And I believe what happened. That's his, where he comes from. That's what he thinks. This is, it's not about whether he's a nice guy, middle-class Joe, or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's not out of the ordinary. Powerful men thinking that they can get away with what they can get away with. Even nice, powerful men, uh, even nice guys, even middle-class Joe guys have a problem. doesn't mean that he's, he didn't do it, that he's not also somebody who would abuse his power in that fashion. I don't see... Um, Anyway, whatever. So many of the this is what's the problem. The problem is that the the left wingers, the Democratic, well, they're not left wingers. The uh, the dem the DLC Democrats would they said nothing about the allegations. Tara Reid. We we've been through this before. She went to, to the Times Up um, organization. They rejected her. Be saying that they couldn't jeopardize their nonprofit status by going after somebody who was running for high political office. And that basically just says, that's just fucked up anyway, because that just says that, oh, so you can't go after powerful white men when they're running for a powerful white man office. Okay, so that does kind of defeats the purpose of having an organization like Time's Up or the Me Too th where you can go for help. So, um, anyway, and many of the same voices that were all over the Republic, all over Kavanaugh, and I believe but Christine Blasey Ford, of course, yes, he did, that's who... Kavanaugh was. I believe Anita Hill as well. As so do, so did Biden. But what did Biden do? He uh, he allowed Anita Hill to to stand out there. They, there were three other women that had corroborating testimony that Biden refused to allow in the in the hearing that would have backed up. Anita's, Anita Hill's story, and also with stories of their own, of the abhorrent behavior of Clarence Thomas, his sick fucking behavior. Can somebody in high powerful office be a sick motherfucker? Of course. Just because, maybe they're nice. Maybe they're even Democrats. That doesn't mean they're not, there aren't people who are Democrats who, or men who uh, sexually abuse somebody, you abuse their authority, make unwanted advances, and go further than that. This is a story as old as history itself. So, Chris Hayes did. He finally did the story last night, and here's the thing: all over right wing media, this is. Uh, at the top of their news feed, it's not that because people will tweet me, they'll send me emails. Oh, you should! You're helping get Trump elected. No, I'm not. It's not that this shit isn't out there. If we don't talk about it, it's like shh, shh, 
We got a family secret? No, honey, the secret's out. Everybody knows about it. That's why Biden is the worst possible candidate to go up against Twitler. We'd be better off with Hillary goddamn Clinton. At least we wouldn't have to deal with this shit. So not only do we have Twitler, who is a sexual predator, uh, we have Biden, who can't even hit him on that front. Because he's got a, a lot of skeletons in his closet. So the Me Too, all of the voices in Me Too uh, they, that were silent, like uh, Alyssa Milano saying she decided she's not speaking out. Everybody's calling me a hypocrite. I played that video, which was ridiculous. She was on a show. Some fucking guy show. Anyway. And, uh, wait, let's see if I can find it. And she was saying, oh, no, they're calling me a hypocrite. Well, maybe don't be a hypocrite. I don't know. I'd have more respect if you just said, yeah, I know, it's fucked up. Um, I'm still voting for him. Instead of doing all of the the twists and turns. Here's the, let me just play this. I have not publicly said anything about this. Um, and if you remember, it kind of took me a long time to publicly say anything about, about Harvey as well. Because I believe that um, even though we should believe women and that is an important thing and what that statement really means is like, you know, for so long, the the go to has been not to believe them. So really, we have to sort of societally change that mindset to believing women. But that does not mean at the expense of not. Um, you know, giving men their due process and, and investigating like situations. Oh my God. I'm so irritated by that guy. Radio Andy, I, have I not- like that. We played this before, but he's really trying his hardest to agree with her. I like that. Whoever said, let's not give due process to men? Nobody said that. That's always been the case. Give due process. That's what we wanted with Kavanaugh, due process. Interview everyone. In fact, we didn't have due process with Kavanaugh. The FBI was specifically told who they could and could not interview and that they were limiting their interviews purposefully. That's what Twitler said. So they can give the appearance of of the vetting process without actually uncovering anything or jeopardizing the, you know, uh, Kavanaugh's God-given right to, as a white man, to sit on the Supreme Court. He paid his dues, right? Kavanaugh's another one. He never tried a case. He never argued before a judge. He was just a Republican lickspittle. That's who they are. He went to law school, yeah. But he's not a lawyer. He never practiced law. He made his bones being a loyalist to the filthy fascist Republicans. And that's, they, they reward each other with cushy lifetime positions as long as they continue to fuck over the American people. That's their job. He's on there to figure out a way, like, like George Bush fixed the facts around the policy of going to war 
despite the the uh, the fact that we knew that Saddam Hussein had no weapons of mass destruction, but he was fixing the facts around the policy. That's what Kavanaugh's job is. Fix the facts around the policy, whatever it might be, whether it be child labor laws or unrolling back of abortion rights or whatever it may be. Just fix the facts around the policy. Make it f- appear legitimate. Give it the appearance of constitutionality. That's what he's there for. And exactly what, uh, that's what Scalia was there for. And they're just full of shit. They hate this country. Ultimately, that's the bottom line. They hate this country. But anyway, as far as what happens with Joe Biden, now, none of the Democrats, they've been asking, here's the thing, they, Joe Biden goes on different news programs. Nobody asks him about this. They all ask, they ask uh, any, everyone around him what they think. And, of course, they give, they say nothing. They give him cover. I believe Joe Biden. Why? Now, first of all, let me play, what did, uh, where is it here? Oh, God damn it. I hit the wrong button. All my dates are off. Uh, let me see. Where is it? Where is it? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, Stacey Abrams. Here's Stacey Abrams being asked about it. Important that you, we speak about something that's in the news now. As you know, there is a sexual assault allegation against Joe Biden. The accuser, her name is Tara Reid, tells CNN that the alleged incident happened in 1993 while she was working as an aide in Biden's Senate office. She is claiming that she was delivering Biden a duffel bag and says that Biden had her up against the wall in a corridor uh, on the Hill and violated her with his fingers. Now, CNN has now, has now spoken on the record with her former neighbor, who says Reed told her about the allegation within a few years of the alleged incident. Biden's campaign says, untrue, never happened. Is this a credible allegation? I believe that women deserve to be heard, yeah, and I believe that we they have need to, to be all listened qualify to. It. But I also believe that those allegations have to be investigated by credible sources. The New York Times did a deep investigation, and they found that the accusation was not credible. Nope. I believe Joe Biden. I believe that he is a person who has demonstrated that his love of family, his love of our community, has been made perfectly clear through his work as a congressional leader and as an American leader. I know Joe Biden, and I think that he is telling the truth and that this did not happen. So in, in 2018, you tweeted it was shameful that Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination was being rushed forward and survivors of violence like Christine Blasey Ford deserve to have their voices heard. Are you applying a different standard now? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Sounds like it. I believe then and I believe now that women deserve to be heard because too often they are not. And Tara <laughs> Reid deserved to have her story They only deserve to, to be heard when it's a Republican? What was happening to Christine Blasey Ford was that there was no investigation. There was a rush to move the conversation forward so that no investigation was conducted. And as I said, I believe that there was those allegations needed to be investigated. And I believe that the New York Times and subsequent reports support what the mm. Biden campaign has said. And so, I believe Joe Biden. So you said you've heard her, wow. you've heard enough, you don't believe her, you believe Joe Biden. No, I, what I'm saying is that the New York Times investigation 
of her allegations. She's, the New York Times investigation not true, does though. not support the accusations against the mm, vice president. I believe really. the Biden I know, and I think that he will yeah, make he women proud, but he will make America me, proud. So. Does Joe Biden personally need to address this more directly and publicly? I believe his campaign has been very clear, wow. and I believe that that is the approach that they intend to take, and I support the approach because, again, we don't want women to ever be afraid to yes, come forward, course, but we also have Especially to recognize that allegations involved. should be investigated and that those investigations need to be borne out. All right. Well, she keeps referring to this New York Times article. This is what's so disappointing. The fact that they're all making excuses is something that will set back the Me Too movement and the women's rights movement decades. This is part of the problem. It's what's good for uh, the goose should be good for the other goose. And it proves what the Republicans say. It's completely political. You see what I mean? They are... Give not only do these DLC Democrats give the Republicans Republicans legitimacy, their filthy fascist kiss up kick down ideology legitimacy by proclaiming themselves able to work across the aisle with their anti democratic agenda. It's they give them legitimacy when the, to the fact to 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 their charges that. Our outrage about Kavanaugh was uh, was justified, or it's it gives it their argument legitimacy. Oh, it's purely political when we know that isn't the case. When people have uh, it's about temperament. We saw Brett Kavanaugh in living color behave like a white privileged little frat boy who who was in danger of losing his God-given um, right to be a Supreme Court justice and lashed out. We all had to take it. All had to take his anger and his abuse, his disdain, his outward, uh, just right out there in the open, disdain for the process, for the senators who were questioning him. And what does that say? Uh, the right wingers during that time, it's they were. It was all political. It's all they're coming after. Um, that that was their excuse. And now that we have this um, Tara Reid allegation, it's not just the allegation, and the uh, you know they the, the closing ranks behind Biden. The first of all, the the inability to discuss it and also putting forth these bullshit excuses why don't you just address it and if he's not fucking if it's all borne out if it's something that is legitimate it's better to find out now and get get on with the show with somebody who can actually win so on CNN, they wrote, because we heard Stacey Abrams, this is what the Democrats, well, some of the DLC Democrats are going with. The New York Times 
had a story, they looked into it, and they didn't find it credible. That is just not true. Joe Biden, so this is from CNN. Joe Biden's campaign is twisting a New York Times story to defend against the Tara Reid allegations. This is right out of Republican policy playbook. This is what they do. They twist things to cover themselves, to cover their true agenda. And the fact that the Democrats are doing this, the DLC Democrats are doing this, about Joe Biden. They know who Joe Biden is. This is what drives me insane. Twice before, the American people and the Democratic Party said, no thank you to Joe Biden. We'll, We'll go with somebody else because of who he is, who he reveals himself to be. On the campaign trail, not, he's not just a babbler. We can, we can forgive that. He's a liar. He lies about stupid stories. Okay, okay, Grandpa, okay, Boomer. You, you made up some fucking story, some war story, how you were under fire. Okay, Boomer. We can almost forgive that. It's the entire package that goes along with it. The lies, the attacks on Social Security, the re- Republic, giving the Republicans everything they want for decades. The, uh, he is the weakest candidate to go up against Trump for all these reasons, for the reasons Hillary lost in the states that the Democrats won for generations and generations because of her stance on NAFTA and CAFTA and all the free trade that sent our jobs to other low-wage, wage-slaved nations that helped turn the American middle class into the working poor. This is the problem. Uh, that's why we have a Twitter to begin with. If this was a functioning society and we had a decent middle-class life for the majority of the American people, do you think there would be idiots storming the Michigan Capitol right now with M-16s, fucking violating the social distancing and uh, pandemic rules, endangering themselves and their families, and the community wouldn't be happening. All of this are the examples, they're the symptom of a declining democratic republic. It's right here in front of our face. So it's disappointing, and just like uh, the FDR wing of the Democratic Party is here to rescue the Democratic Party from themselves, but they're not going to go down without a fight. So, according to CNN, here's, uh, um, who is this, Chris Kilzilla? Silzilla? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Joe Biden's campaign is twisting a New York Times story to defend against the Tara Reid allegations. So, on Tuesday night, CNN's Don Lemon asked former Georgia state lawmaker and potential vice presidential pick, oh, God, Stacey Abrams, I'll get into her in a minute. Um, about allegations made by former, for by a former Senate staffer that Joe Biden had sexually assaulted her in the early '90s. Here's how she responded. Okay, blah blah blah. 
I believe that women deserve to be heard. I believe they need to be listened to. But I also believe those allegations have to be investigated by credible sources. The New York Times did a deep investigation and they found the accusation was not credible. So, not credible comes directly from the talking points distributed by Biden's campaign. Talking points first reported on by BuzzFeed's Ruby Kramer. So here's the original language. Here's the specific language from Biden's talking points. Biden believes that all women have the right to be heard and to have their claims thoroughly reviewed. In this case, a thorough review by the New York Times has led to the truth. This incident did not happen. Of course, it's only true. Like many sexual assaults, allegations it's oh it's for many most many i don't know i can't say the exact statistic but it's usually one person's word against another anyway so the article continues pretty similar and no that's not a coincidence so she got the talking point it's also not accurate because the New York Times piece that Abrams referenced with Lemon on Tuesday night and which the Biden campaign talking points lean heavily on does not, in fact, find that Reid's accusation is either not credible, as Abrams said, or that this incident did not happen, as the talking points allege. Let's go through it and what the Times did say. The piece headlined examining Tara Reid's sexual assault allegation against Joe Biden ran on April 12th and was subsequently updated on April 16th. The Times spoke with Reid on multiple days over hours, as well as nearly two dozen people who worked with Mr. Biden during, during the early 90s, including many who worked with Reid, and the uh, other, se- other seven women who criticized Mr. Biden last year to discuss their experiences with him. So, it was a comprehensive piece of journalism, and here's what it, it concluded. No other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of reporting, nor did any former Biden staff members corroborate any details of, Mrs. of Ms. Reed's allegation. The Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden. That is far different, a far different conclusion than simply listening to Abrams or reading the Biden campaign talking points would lead you to believe. What the Times found was not that Reid's allegations were false. They simply did not find any former Biden staffer who confirmed the report. CNN has reached out to the Biden campaign to ask about BuzzFeed's reporting on the talking points, as well as how they portrayed the New York Times' piece. In fact, of Reed's allegation, the Times writes, a friend said that Ms. Reed told her the details of the allegation at the time. Another friend and a brother of Ms. Reed said that, they, that she told them over the years about a traumatic sexual incident involving Mr. Biden. And CNN reported on Tuesday that a former neighbor of Reed, Linda LaCase, confirmed that Reed told her about the incident in the mid-90s. So what the Times report says, in sum, is this. Reed's allegation 
are corroborated by her brother and a friend. Biden denies that accusation, and no one of and, and wait wait and no one of the times, and no one the Times interviewed does or did work for Biden at the time says they can remember anything like that happening. The New York Times Vice President of Communications Danielle Rhodes, Danielle Rhodes Ha told CNN Wednesday that BuzzFeed reported on the existence of talking points being circulated by Biden by the Biden campaign that inaccurately suggested a New York Times investigation found that Tara Reid's allegation did not happen. Our investigation made no conclusion either way. So the New York Times put out a statement saying that the talking points were misleading or wrong. We have two stories from two different sides. The stories are, without a doubt, contradictory. Whether that contradiction is because one side is lying or one side is misremembering is not entirely clear and may never be. That is what the Times report says. Biden's campaign is, to simply put it, twisting the report to suggest that Reid's allegations and the corroboration from her brother and friend are meaningless because, well, Biden denies it. And no former staffer can corroborate it. Again, not accurate. As I've written before, an allegation like this in the Me Too era can't be pushed aside with a dismissive denial from an aide or talking points that misconstrue great reporting by the Times. The accusation merits a personal response from Biden still. Anyway, it makes me even more suspicious, frankly, that they're doing that. That they're, if, he, if he's innocent, uh, he knows what he did, okay? I believe Tara Reid, frankly. It's not out of the ordinary that somebody is, um, uh, he could be a nice guy. He could be um, a uh, feeling, empathetic person. And also, somebody who thinks he can get away with abusing his power with an intern, or whatever she was, someone who was, I think she was not an intern, but working on his campaign or in his staff. Of, of course, it happens all the time. Are you kidding me? So the fact that they are misconstruing the New York Times article and then the New York Times has to release this whole statement saying they're misconstruing our article, they're, they're deliberately releasing talking points saying that uh, things that the article did not say only makes it look worse and last night on Chris Hayes and believe it or not okay I went on Twitter today and during the day fire Chris Hayes was trending fire Chris Hayes. I was like, what? I didn't know what happened. I didn't watch Chris Hayes last night. I couldn't believe it. What do you mean fired Chris Hayes? For what? What did he say? I just couldn't believe that this was trending because he had, uh, he had discussed Biden's, uh, the allegation, Tara Reid's allegation. And he had Rebecca, Rebecca Trazer on who also wrote an essay for the cut titled 
the Biden trap. As the candidate faces credible assault allegations, his progressive female colleagues are being offered a poison chalice. They're being pushed out there to defend him. I know Joe Biden. He's a great guy. He he's, uh, he loves children and animals. He would never do it. Um, but where's Biden? This is a problem, people. This is a big effing problem. Not only for the democratic, the future of this goddamn democracy, but for the entire women's movement and the democratic and the whole Me Too movement. They're setting the whole thing back. Nothing's going to be believed. And everything will be considered through a political lens. It's, oh, you have an agenda. What's the agenda? The fact is, this woman, Tara Reid, oh, she's a Bernie bro. That's the one they were saying. She's for, who cares? The the woman who corroborated Tara Reid's accusation said, they were friends. They used to hang out after work, and they were sitting. They lived next door or something, and she was recalling this incident with tears, saying how it affected her because she had looked up to Biden, and, and it really d- devastated her, especially what he said to her, too. Apparently, he said, you're nothing to me or whatever when she... Re- when she pushed him off but anyway so I mean that's what she says of course it's not it's only it's them two they were the two there but everything kind of reeks here you know what I mean just saying oh I know Joe Biden he's a nice guy um I know a a lot of nice guys right you know people you don't really know people you don't know but many look at uh I mean it doesn't mean just because you're you are a nice guy you're a politician He's an effing politician who sells out women during the day and, uh, you know, uh, calls himself middle-class Joe while sending your jobs to China. So I don't know. Here's somebody that makes a pact with the Republican members of uh, whatever, the Senate, to say we're all going down this ship together as we try to cut Social Security and Medicare. Give me a break here. So, Joe, I mean, uh, Chris Hayes' show, I couldn't even find. Let me tell you, I tried to find the clip of the entire segment of Chris Hayes' show. They, th- It's not on the MSNBC website. I'm, not, I'm just going on there now. Let me just see if, it, if they changed it. But they, you know, because I went into the MSNBC website to... I looked up, uh, entire, you know, you can watch f- the full episodes of, of each show. It's not on, it's not on the list. When you go on full episodes, I'm looking for, I couldn't find it. Let's put it that way. I could not find this. There were other clips from the, from the April 29th show with you know all in with Chris Hayes there were other clips there but there was not this clip this clip was not there so i grabbed this clip off of uh my goddamn tv 
Let's see. Through the entire Me Too era, there have been moments, I think for many of us, all of us, when we have heard about accusations against someone that we find ourselves desperately wanting not to believe. Whether that is because we have some personal admiration for the individual or their work, or political admiration, someone on our quote-unquote side. Yep. Part of the difficult lesson of the Me Too era is not that every accusation is true and everything should be believed on its face, but that you do have to fight yourself when you feel that impulse. You have to do that in order to take seriously what is being alleged, what the evidence is, and to evaluate. And that is the case with the accusation by a woman named Tara Reid against Joe Biden. I apologize Reed briefly for the worked audio, as a Senate in Biden's office in the early 90s. Last year, she told a California newspaper that in 1993, Joe Biden, quote, touched her several times, making her feel uncomfortable. Now, at that time, Reid was one of several women who came forward around that moment with accusations against the former vice president of inappropriate sort of over-physicalness, touching, kissing, or hugging, that they say made them feel uncomfortable. Then last month, she made a much more serious allegation, telling first a podcast and later the New York Times that in 1993, Joe Biden pinned her to a wall in a Senate building, reached under her clothing, and penetrated her with his fingers. Reid told the Times that she filed a complaint with the Senate that same year about what, about what happened with Biden. Quote, she said she did not have a copy of it and such paperwork has not been located. Now, Reid also said she complained to Biden's executive assistant, as well as to two top aides about harassment by Mr. Biden, not mentioning the alleged assault. Mm. All three of those people who were interviewed by the Times deny having a memory of a complaint. Mm. A spokeswoman for Joe Biden says the allegation is false. And they have strongly denied it. This week, there was also a new development story, and that is that Tara Reid's former neighbor at the time went on the record with her name, telling Business Insider that in 1995 or 1996, a few years after this, that Reed told her she had been assaulted by Biden. NBC News reached out to Reed's neighbor, who later confirmed by text message the story. This on-the-record reporting from a neighbor, roughly contemporaneous relaying of the story, has rightly occasioned a new round of coverage and scrutiny, while also creating some serious tension within the progressive coalition about how the Biden camp should or is responding. And for more on that, I'm joined now by Rebecca Tracer, writer at large from New York Magazine, who just published this piece about the allegations titled The Biden Trap. Uh, Rebecca, anyway, first... I'm going to stop that because the audio is so bad. But when you go on Twitter, it's really, um, it's really disappointing and concerning that this fire Chris Hayes hashtag was trending today for for this story. That's why they wanted to fire him. What are you talking about? Fire Chris Hayes for doing journalism? For reporting a story that everyone knows. It's all over the right wing. So it's not like it's not getting any attention over there. And they know that they have to address it. And to take the New York Times story, we can read the New York Times as well. That it's something right out of the Republican playbook to take the a New York Times story. It's this is exactly what they do. To twist it, to take a, a a little smidgen of something and conflate it with something else, and to disingenuously exonerate yourself with it. And. I'm looking on Twitter right now to see some people using the hashtag 
fire Biden. I mean, uh, fire Chris, <laughs> fire Biden. I wish, really. Um, and there's a some one guy here, Palmer Report. I think he's he calls himself a left winger. Bill Palmer. He loves Joe Biden for some reason. I actually asked him a, months ago. He tweeted there was a. There was a hashtag that said, I don't like Joe Biden. It was hashtag, I don't like Joe Biden. I don't know, for whatever reason, many months ago. And he, I I noticed one of his tweets. It said, I don't like Joe Biden. I love Joe Biden. And I I tweeted at him to ask. He never responded, of course. I I asked him, why? Please explain it to me. I want to know. I I don't get it. I want to know what you love about Joe Biden. Uh, it's not like Hillary. When I, I, of course I was for Bernie, but I didn't have the same feeling. I warned my friends who was who were ar- adamant Hillary supporters from the beginning. I'm for Bernie. It's, I'm for his policies. That's what it's about. But I I fear that. Hillary would not win against Twitler because of everything we talk about on here. This is a change election. She's not a change candidate. And there's a entire industry built up around her for years and years and years, fairly or unfairly, to uh, that hates her, that simply hates Hillary. And I didn't think that she, for all of her stances, for her her right wing, her DLC Democratic stances, NAFTA capped, uh, the the whole, all of the Clintonomics, that reason alone, she was a weak candidate. But I didn't have this level of concern uh, for, for, for her. I really thought she would win. Of course, I was listening to all the, you know, the polls, 90% on, uh, What's what's that goddamn five thirty eight? I I can't even. If somebody quotes that goddamn five thirty eight blog again, give me a break. They they said on the day of the election in twenty sixteen that Hillary had a ninety something percent chance of beca- of winning, and we're still quote. You know what I mean? We're still quoting these mother effers. Come on. So anyway, as f- but but okay, and at the time. I had people on my show, friends of mine, who were Hillary supporters. I wanted to get as many Hillary supporters on the show as I can. Not to challenge them or to go against them, but to convince the people who listen to the show. Um, why Why do you love Hillary? Let me... Uh, I want to love her, too. Listen to... I, I want to get on board. I, but I wasn't as unenthusiastic about Hillary, it's not even about enthusiasm, as concerned about Hillary as I am about Biden. That's what I'm trying to say. I see nothing redeeming about him, except I guess there's one thing that is redeeming in Biden's candidacy, that there isn't the same level of vitriol against Joe Biden as there was against Hillary. Probably part misogyny and, you know, well, it's probably a whole big part, misogyny, with, against, you know, from, from the right-wingers. They they just had this, they just hated her. 
there's not that same level of um, of organized hate against Biden. Oh, hi, Tara Jr. Jr. Welcome to the show. Now sit down and be good. <laughs> so that's the only redeeming thing. And other than that, it's worse. Hillary was more of a liberal. I could trust her more. Biden has an entire career on the wrong side of history. For real. Everything. Everywhere you look. He is siding with the Republicans. So, and uh, and even on this, give me a break. And at least Hillary could put a fucking sentence together. You knew she was smart. She, you knew she was smart as a goddamn whip. You wouldn't worry. And I understand, Biden, I will still vote for him if he is the nominee, of course, because whatever, uh, it's not just Biden, it's the Supreme Court, it's all of the peripheral responsibilities that will be delegated, and that, may, that matters too. But we are in big trouble here. I believe that this, this whole thing with this allegation and their response to it will weaken us and it it will dem- it will demoralize many people they're not going to vote for Biden. I know that there are not there are people right now as whatever I say is not going to convince them that they're not voting for Biden. They will not vote for him. And you know, I don't know. I haven't seen any enthusiasm, that's for sure, but this Palmer re- report um, legal. Uh, he's he wrote this article. Legal experts confirm that allegations against Joe Biden aren't remotely credible. For weeks, the media has largely been ignoring an overwhelmingly non-credible allegation against Joe Biden. How is it non-credible? That's what I th- think. It's only credible if the person is talking about somebody with an R after their name. That's what it feels like. And this is why this sucks. This is why they should have attacked this head-on. If he was innocent, that's what they would have done. If you're an innocent person, if you're innocent of all these charges, you're like, bring it on. You don't have to manipulate stories from the New York Times. So, they're not stupid. We know, we can read. I can read. You can read. We can all read the New York Times. They know that we can read it, and we're not dumb. And when you read it, you know that they're not telling you the truth. But they understand that many Americans are dumb, that they won't read the New York Times, and that they can, they'll get away with it. They'll get away with their manipulation with a lot of people. A lot of people, will. it won't matter. Like the woman who corroborated Tara Reid's story, her neighbor, who said that she is still going to vote for Joe Biden. It's that kind of an election. So, yes, Tara Reid, this woman told her that Tara Reid told her about what had happened with Joe Biden, what he had done at the time. And she was very upset 
about it. And she, this neighbor friend of hers, encouraged her to go and go to the police and write a poli- get a police report. And she remembers it specifically. And this woman still says she's going to vote for Biden. Yeah, I'm one of them too. I'll vote for him too. I would have more respect for Alyssa Milano, for all these other people that are tripping over this. Stacey Abrams, come on. If they they didn't give the right wingers so much so much ammunition, every woman that comes forward from now on is will be. What do you mean? Me too. They're going to be like, yeah, whatever, next. It will all be framed in political terms. Look at, look at what happened. There's no consistency. The, the hypocrisy is right out there in the open. And it is hypocrisy. And that's why I would, like I said, I would have more respect for Alyssa Milano if she said, yeah, I'm fucking, yeah, it's uh, whatever. I endorse Joe Biden. Not do twist herself into a pretzel. They're calling me a hypocrite. So you could say, maybe, yeah, I guess I'm a hypocrite. I'm more concerned that we, uh, of all the harm that can be done by having another term of, of this Twitler monster and his Republican fascist enablers, and uh, the harm that will do to women. Okay, I can get with that, and I can also respect that. You're right. She should have the fucking spine to say that. Yeah, this might be true. It sounds, yeah. And maybe if Joe Biden, oh, he's not he's not going to come out and all the, wait, what the hell was that? Oh, go ahead, Junior. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, uh, I, re- back in the day, I, uh, whatever. This was the t- I thought I was living in the madman era. So, I'm a, I'm in the perpetual madman era. Of course he's not going to he's a fucking liar as it is. This is a plagiarizer, a liar. This guy has a long history. There are commercials that make themselves for how many years? The Democratic Party two times before said, "No thank you." No, thank you, Joe Biden. We'll we'll take a pass. We'll go with this. We'll go with this guy with the funny name. And everybody, uh, how many other? He's been doing this for forty years, and he's been rejected for forty years for a reason. And now here we are because he's. They'd much rather have a corporatist than an actual functioning middle class, this is the choice. They much rather have their cushy-ass jobs and their elitist keys to the fucking cloakroom and uh, the, the Senate gym or wherever, or keys, you know, to their DNC superdelegate suite than an actual uppity working class. Now, make no mistake. Let's remember where we, where we live. We live in a country where people li- miss two paychecks and they're at a fucking line at a food bank. And we live in a world, and this country is part of a world, where other democratic so-called countries 
in the middle of a coronavirus crisis where people can't go to work, they're told to stay home by the government, that those governments are paying them their salaries. There's none of this bullshit where you're getting too much, where they, they're, they're circle-jerking, nickel-diming you to death. There's none of this shit where they have uh, paycheck protections that get sucked up like fucking anteaters in an anthill by the big banks and big conglomerates that always latch themselves onto us like goddamn parasites. All of that is corruption. And we live in a country where that's just business as usual. And that kind of corruption is where Joe Biden made his bones. He, w- he swam in that filthy, disgusting, dirty pool for years. And that's the way it should be, according to him. He's the old school. This is why we are where we are. This is why we have a Twitler. We have a Twitler because the middle class is now the working poor. So we better get our priorities straight. And everybody better wake the F up. Especially these DLC Democrats who are... Look at yourself, DLC Democrats. Look at yourself, Stacey Abrams. What is this shit? Every day. Can't even get my Tarabuster screen up. Look at yourself, Stacey Abrams. Is that who you want to be? You want to be somebody that covers the ass of a sexual predator? I mean, he's... Give me a break. Come on. Come on. You think we're... It's so out of the ordinary? What's more out of the ordinary that a young... A woman... I don't know if she's young. She's not young anymore. Whatever. As we all are, getting older. And uh, decided to take down a powerful man by... By what? Putting out a false sexual assault allegation against somebody? You know, because that's the best way that you get to the top nowadays. Everyone knows how much respect women get when they um, accuse powerful men of misbehavior. You know how much you get, uh, you just, you end up being, um, you know, uh, applauded by everyone. You know how good that is for your career and your personal life. So we, what's more hard to believe? That someone, uh, a, a woman decides to take down a powerful man who wants to, Who's, who's aspiring, who's been aspiring to the highest executive office in the land, or that a powerful man abuses his position of power to sexually uh, gratify himself for uh, you know, use his power against an underling. What's more out of the ordinary here? Even nice guys... Give me a break here. So this Palmer report guy, I'm just looking at how they're going to frame it. 
the DLCers. So for weeks, the media has been ignoring an overwhelmingly non-credible allegation against Joe Biden. How do you write something like that anyway? An overwhelmingly non-credible? Show your sources. Show your work. The allegation has been changed repeatedly and fundamentally. Yes, initially she said she he he um, touched her and made her uncomfortable, and then she said uh, she revealed the the bigger story because she was afraid. That's what she said. I find that doesn't really um, make me not believe her. Especially when she also, there's also contemporaneous reports of her telling her friends and her brother about it. Um, yeah, maybe somebody who is a victim of sexual assault doesn't want to, is, is afraid, embarrassed, or whatever it may be, to tell the full detail of the event. That's not out of the ordinary. But anyway. There's even a bizarre connection to the Kremlin. This can you believe the what, what he fucking writes? The a bizarre connection to the Kremlin. He doesn't explain it. No, there's no bizarre connection to the Kremlin. It's that this woman Tara Reid wrote an article once where she praised Russia. So, real this is right out of any right-wing fascist propaganda, right from the pages of Breitbart. If I read this on Breitbart, I wouldn't be surprised. This is what they do. But here's Democrats doing it. And it's really, I thought we were better than this. Well, you know, we are better than this. The real Democrats are. The Bernie, the Bernie-crats. The FDR Democrats. Not that we don't make mistakes and people don't do fucked up things. That's the nature of being human. But this kind of article, to cover the the Joe Biden's ass. What are you covering his ass? I really want to know. You love Joe Biden? Tell me why. What's to love? I want to know because I want to love too. I want. That's why I'm asking. I'm not being condescending or sarcastic. I want to love. Let me love him. Show. Tell me. Maybe I'm not seeing something. I want to know. You love him? Why? He's not Twitler. Okay, what else you got? But last night, MSNBC host Chris Hayes opened a can of worms when he went on air and falsely characterized the allegation as credible and corroborated. How is it falsely? You see this? This is right out of fascist Republicanville. Chris Hayes will be lucky if he gets to keep his show after telling that particular lie, I don't—I really don't think so. His name has been trending nonstop for 18 hours straight. Meanwhile, various legal experts are st- stepping forward to factually explain why the allegation against Joe Biden is so uniquely non-credible. So let's hear it. Former federal prosecutor Michael J. Stern has laid out a devastating timeline that makes painfully clear why Biden's accuser can't be telling anything close to the truth. Legal expert Lawrence Tribe has looked at the evidence and says he doesn't believe the allegation. These have no, there's no uh, links. Uh, Where, what are you talking about? Former federal prosecutor Michael Stern 
has laid out a devastating timeline, which makes it painfully clear why Biden's accuser can't be telling anything close to the truth. Where? There's no links in this article. It's just his assertions. There's, all right, show me. Lawrence expert legal tribe. I mean, uh, Lawrence tribe. <laughs> Lawrence expert. <laughs> Lawrence expert legal tribe has looked at the evidence and says he doesn't believe the allegation. Okay, and then he links to a tweet. I'm with Michael Stern here. I believe Joe Biden didn't do this, period. The less airtime it gets, the better. Stern's powerful analysis says all that needs saying, although we can expect the echo chamber to keep it alive. We, so here's a link, okay. Article, uh, why I'm skeptical about Reed's sexual assault claim against Biden. A year ago, okay, let's just get to the meat of the matter. She had memory lapse. Reed said that she can't remember the date, time, or exact location of the alleged assault, except that it occurred in a semi-private area in the corridors connecting the Senate building. Okay. That sounds like uh, she remembered somewhere where it is, the date, the time. Do you remember the date, the time, 20 years ago? I don't know. After I left the Justice Department, I was appointed to federal court, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Reads amnesia about specifics makes it impossible for Biden to go through records and prove he couldn't have been committed. He couldn't have committed the assault because he was somewhere else. Well, then why are they lying about the New York Times, right? Well, that's all you got to say. Say it. I don't know. I don't know. It stinks. Reed's allegation. Okay, yeah. The lie about losing her job. Reed told the union that Biden wanted her to serve drinks at an event. After she refused, she, she felt pushed out and left Biden's employ. The newspaper said less able, but... Reed claimed this month in her Times interview that she filed a sexual harassment complaint with the Senate and she faced retaliation and was fired by Biden's staff. Now, what sh what we learned in what Chris Hayes spoke about was that there were interns that this woman was supervising in Biden's office or whatever, and that the interns recalled that they suddenly didn't have her as a supervisor, and they didn't know why. There was a big hush-hush because she was pushed out. Anyway, compliments for Biden. So now we go, here we go. Uh, Biden worked to pass the Violence Against Women's Act. A multiple occasion read retweeted or liked praise for Biden and his work combating sexual assault. So she liked some of his tweets. Well, there you go. Obviously, he didn't do that to her. And, and this is what they do to all sexual assault victims anyway. This is what they did to Christine Blasey Ford and everyone else. All sexual assault. It's a complicated thing. When you work for somebody who has power, and this happens... And, oh, so she liked one of his tweets? So that means nothing ever happened. Perhaps she's, this is what happens when you're 
you know, you're, uh, you still want to be liked. You still want to advance your career. You don't want to mess up your whole life. Anyway. Oh, uh, another one is rejecting Biden and embracing Sanders because she went all in. This is why this guy says he doesn't believe her because she likes Bernie Sanders. Well, the other woman who corroborates her story says she likes Biden and will still be voting for her. So what do we do with that? Oh, my God. Reed has a long history of ties to Russia. Oh, no, no. It says Reed's writing shed light on her political alliance with Sanders, who has a long history of ties with Russia. This fucking guy is saying that Bernie Sanders has a long history of ties with Russia. Well, there you go. Oh, God. Unbelievable. Wow. Whatever. This is what they've given us again. That's your DLCers. That's your Democratic Party, America. Fucking us over again. Giving us Biden. Of all of the all of the Democrats, of everyone that has a D after their name, that one. They couldn't have Bernie, you know, because that's too much democracy. That's too much middle class getting uppity. That's too much FDR. That's too much the winning. That's the winning Democratic Party that won four landslide elections and then some when the Republican Party was in the wilderness for 50 years. No, that's too much. Because the DLC Democratic Party, that's the party that wants to reach across the aisle with their good friends, the Republican Party, who are enabling fascism, who are also sending jobs overseas, who are ensuring that the rich remain richer and the working class remain the working poor. The ones who under, who want health care for some, education for some. You got to keep it divided, you see. Keep a little, you got to keep the United States of serfs and lords you let a few, let a couple, pick a couple out. Let a couple get a little higher on the ladder and they will act as the stopgap to the revolution because then you could tell the rest of the, the unwashed masses that, oh, no, no, it's not the system that's at fault. It's you. Not that you were born in a country where now, in spite of being, you know, this meritocracy, that if you're born in poverty, you are more likely to remain in poverty than in any other Western developed nation, even nations with kings and goddamn queens. No, so it's uh, um, really what, what kind of choice do we have? And that's why I do this show. That's why we have to keep the liberal media going. This is the liberal media. And how dare these people fire Chris Hayes for telling the truth? Give me a break. They, Chris Hayes did them a favor. Now they have to deal with it instead of hiding. Because they were dealing with it on the right wing. And the silence of 
the left, so-called, of the fake-ass left, was deafening, and also it validated what the Republicans say. It's the hypocrisy. So there you go. And that's why I say the DLC's Democrat, the, the DLC Democrats have dragged us back. They have dragged back progress, the progress of the women's movement, the progress of Me Too. It looks like hypocrisy. When Alyssa Milano, the next time Alyssa Milano pipes up with something, I'll be like, shut up, bitch. Give me a break. So Tara Reid writes an article about Russia, and so therefore, and she likes Bernie, so therefore, that could never have happened. What's What does Bernie have to do with it anyway? Oh, it's icy, because Bernie, you understand, it's they would rather have a Republican than an actual functioning, economically vibrant working class. That's what it is about. You want to talk about going back in time and and picking cherry picking articles? Let's pick let's cherry pick on Biden, the shit that he's done and said. We got a lot to cherry pick from because god damn it, he cherry picks a hell of a lot and he cherry picks and not only does he cherry pick, he picks and picks and takes other people's words right out of their mouths and doesn't give them credit. You know, that's called plagiarism. Unbelievable. So then Nancy Pelosi, they asked her today what she thinks. And she had something pretty ridiculous to say. But they're using a comparatively different standard with, uh, with Kavanaugh when, when he demanded a, uh, a investigation on Justice Kavanaugh when a very similar uh, allegation came out yeah. on him. Uh, why well, let, let me just say, I, I respect your question, and I don't need a, a, a lecture. Or yeah, yeah. You don't need a lecture. Thing. You're Nancy Pelosi. You got two $25,000 refrigerators. I respect the whole Me Too movement. I have four daughters. And oh, you son. respect it. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of excitement around the idea that women will be heard and be listened to. <laughs> when they're abused by Republicans. Process. And uh, the fact that Joe Biden is Joe Biden. Uh, we, there's been s- statements from his campaign. Joe Biden is Joe campaign, Biden. But his former employees who ran his offices and the rest, that there was never any record of this. There was never any record. And that uh, nobody ever came forward or nobody ever came forward to say something about it apart no. from the principal involved. I am so proud. <sighs> the happiest day for me this week was to support Joe Biden for President of the United States. He's a person of great integrity, a great concern for the American people. He authored the Violence Against Women Act Whatever. Uh, when he was the chair of the Judiciary Committee uh, in the 90s. He has been an advocate for funding it all along since then. And I, uh, uh, I believe that uh, uh, he will be a great president of the United States uh, he is the personification of hope and optimism. Is he? Uh, and authenticity. Oh, my uh, God. For our country. Really? A person of great values. Uh, so I want to remove all doubt in anyone's mind. I uh, have great comfort level uh, with uh, the situation as I see it, uh, with all the respect in the world for any woman who comes forward. 
Oh I yeah, except Tara Reid. Because they did, they've done to Tara Reid what, what always happens to people who come forward. I thought we were supposed to listen to women, believe women. They did to her what, what they did to what the Republicans did to Christine Blasey Ford. They negate her. They dismiss her. They um, abuse her further. They pick apart her life. You want to pick apart Joe Biden's life? Here, let me, let's pick something out here. Let's see. Anyway, well, I'm not going to go much more into it. Here's something, a bit, uh, we could pick this apart. Yeah. I've been in and out of Afghanistan and Iraq 28 times. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 29 times. <laughs> I've been in and out of Afghanistan and Iraq over 30 times. So this is a montage from the Washington Post about the story that keeps changing. At the PRT, in a makeshift meeting room surrounded by rocks, mud, and sandbags, but filled with flat screens and computers, a two-star general traveling with us performed an impromptu award ceremony. Whatever, buddy. He gave a bronze star to a corporal who looked to me to be about 25 years old. I found myself in Iraq being asked by General Oriano, a four-star, <laughs> to pin a silver medal on a young captain. It's a captain, a corporal, whatever. Same difference. In the middle of a godforsaken nowhere in the upper Konar Valley. Here's CBS does a story. Telling reporters that the essence of this story about military bravery, loss and guilt is true. But this is not about just another Joe Biden gaffe. It is about Biden telling a story methodically and with great passion, but reportedly getting almost every key detail wrong. <laughs> now, truth in the age of President Trump has taken a beating. But when it comes uh -huh. to military stories, precision matters. In this case, Biden didn't have it. This guy climbed down a ravine, carried this guy up on his back under fire. Former Vice President Joe Biden retold the story of a heroic Navy captain during a campaign stop in New Hampshire last week. The general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. I got up there and stand. This is God's truth. My word is a Biden. He stood his attention. I went to pin him. I said, sir, I don't want the damn thing. I don't do not put it on me, sir. Please, don't sir. Put it on do me, not sir. do that. He died. He died. But according to the Washington Post, who spoke to more than a dozen military and campaign sources, Biden got the time period, the location, the heroic act, the type of medal, the military branch, and the rank of the recipient, as well as his own role in the ceremony, wrong. Anyway, Biden's whatever. Story. It doesn't matter. It goes on. We have a zillion, zillion examples of this, and on and on. I, I can pull up examples of him talking about cutting Social Security. I, we can go on and on. So we're in big trouble. That's why. Uh oh, wait, I lost something. Okay, here we go. That's why um, we're in trouble. That, And that's why I talk about it. That, honestly, um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. The Democratic Party, obviously, they have attached themselves to this this situation, come what may, and they're going down with the ship. But unfortunately, they're going to take us down with them. I hope, I do hope that if Biden is the nominee, that he wins. But 
They're not making it easy. They've given us the absolute worst candidate to go up against Twitler. We don't have them on the moral high ground on any front. Except what? Joe Biden can't even... I mean, I guess he could spell, but he can barely speak. Now, wait till they come after him with Hunter Biden. They're, they're all over him on the right-wing media. Of course, it's it's disgusting. And they're going after him with Hunter Biden, with China, and Hunter Biden. Joe Biden says he had nothing to do with his son's business, except when he gave Hunter Biden a ride on the on a government plane to China where they could he could make deals because he's the goddamn vice president's son getting cushy jobs all over the world this is this looks like crap to everyone of course it is it's corruption and it's corruption when it happens on the right wing and it happens on the left so called left but it's goddamn corruption, and that's why. Honestly, that's why the DLC Democrats don't want to let control, let go of control. They don't want. They, they're, they are. They're getting their vig too. <clears throat> so wait, <clears throat> sorry. With Biden, here's this. They asked him about his son, and let let me see. If you can understand his answer. And this is what's coming, people. When we get to the point where Twitler and Biden have to have to go up against each other, honestly, you know that Bi- that Twitler has a de- dedicated and motivated base. I hope, I hope we can pull a rabbit out of a hat. But li- th- listen to what Biden says when in defense of uh, his son. The way the administration handled uh, China, the administration has been critical of the way you were, when you were vice president, were dealing with with China. I guess I want to ask you, do you think that this is is going to, in fact, be a major issue? And are you vulnerable on this issue at all because of your son's business dealings in, in China? No, I don't believe so at all. My son's business dealings were not anything with everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely, number one. Nothing to do with... What? Do you understand what he said? My son's business dealings. He. Wait, wait, let's rewind that. On this issue at all because of your son's business dealings in, in China? No, I don't believe so at all. My son's business dealings were not anything with everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely, number one. Nothing to do with me, number two. And to talk about business dealings, look at the business dealings the president has with China. He owes apparently millions of dollars with the Bank of China. He's, he's got patents from, I mean, this is, this is all about whether or not we're going to be able to coexist with the largest. He, he makes no sense. That's that's his defense. My son's business and are dealings you vulnerable on this issue? were not anything what everybody... Wait, what did he say? It's just word salad. That's what it is. My son's... <clears throat> are you vulnerable on this issue because of your son's business dealings? All right, Junior. Nobody wants to see you, but... 
My son's business dealings were not anything what everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely. That's his quote. Quote, unquote. That, that clears it up, right? You, you're crystal. You get it? No, no, don't worry about it. His son's business dealings were not anything that anybody that he's talking about, not even remotely. <sighs> All right. That's why I have a knot in my stomach, guys. That, it's really true. That's why I walk around every day with a giant knot in my stomach, hoping, hoping that I can live to see a day where the American dream is uh, back on track where it's not shipped to China, where the, I could actually see, you know, uh, the great prosperity again. Not that I saw it in the first place. Where the American middle class is not below 50% of the population. I don't know. We're in, we're in big-ass trouble. Before I continue, I wanted to check in with the chat because I see you. I see some super chats, and I want to thank you all for your support and your super chats and becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And thank you, Shannon, for your super chat and L's 214 and Ons, on How do you pronounce your name? Onisent? Onisent? Onisent Gilzingen? It's a cool name. Somebody else. There were some more Super Chats. Gus, thank you, Gus. Hmm. Because I missed you. I missed you all. And if I missed you, please put your name down on the chat and I will read out your name. But I want to thank you all for hanging out. I don't mean to bash Biden. It's uh, you know people say yo you're bashing Biden you're bash you're helping Trump. Uh, am I? I'm helping. This is out there. I'm not helping Trump. The DLCers are helping Trump. They're doing it to us again, and I don't. I'm really sick of them too. We're fighting them as much as we are fighting the freaking fascist Republicans. I, I accept. I believe that the DLCs, and I've explained this before, I don't do the show for Republicans. People say, oh, you know, you want to debate Republicans. I don't debate Republicans. There's no hope for them. I don't have the time in my life. I don't care. They're stupid. These are the idiots. They're out there with their M16 screaming at people's faces at the Michigan Capitol. I have no time for them. Let them get coronavirus. If we're lucky, they'll get coronavirus and stay home and leave us alone permanently. I am not bothering with them. There's no getting through to them. These are idiots. They, they get the receipts. They've seen Twitler. They know who he is. They under, but they're not, they're not smart enough to not vote for a tax-cheating, draft-dodging, dictator-envying con man. They're not not smart enough not to vote for that idiot twice. And people say, oh, now I see the light. Some people say that. Oh, now I see the light. Oh, you didn't see it before? 
You didn't see it when he came down the escalator and said Mexicans were rapists and he assumed some were good people. You didn't see it then. Then you're a freaking racist and you're part of the problem. And not, oh, you're, I'm not racist. My, my f- brother's friend's cousin's girlfriend is Puerto Rican. Well, that doesn't matter. Either you're a racist or you're cool with racists. And you're also in league with the KKK. So if you're voting Republican, you're voting for the KKK endorsed candidate. You're voting for the candidate who David Duke cheers. So you're in league with that. You're like the good Germans who... They were cool with the Autobahn. They liked making Germany great again. They weren't on board with all those knocks in the middle of the night and the family next door disappearing. Oh, they weren't that bad, but they allowed it to happen. You're those people. So you know who Twitler is, and you know who the Republican Party are. So screw you. You're just as bad. You're in league with them. Oh, um, just following orders, I suppose. Some people can't help it. Some dum-dums, they're just dumb. I don't get the whole, I don't get the whole thing with Trump. I don't get why anybody likes him. We all know who he is. We have known him for generations. He is a grifter. He's a tax cheater. He's a draft dodger. A serial bankrupt. This is not nothing, anything new. It's not a, a, a plot. This is a guy who stiffs his workers. Who fucking uh, harassed senior citizens in, in rent-controlled apartments. Terrorizing them so... They would leave, and he could jack up the rent for the next sucker. This is somebody who hates America, hates everything about it, except what it could do for him. He only loves America like a hooker loves their John. What you could do. They're full of shit. And Republicans, anybody who... I'm a fiscal. This is why I'm so sick of Republicans. I'm a fiscal conservative. Well, then you're in a you're a fucking idiot too. There's nothing fiscal about the conservatives. There's nothing but oligarchy. What you are is an agent of oligarchy and a, a useful idiot at that. Who hates America? That's what it is. You think, I mean, it's, uh, so that's why I don't, that's why I don't discuss with, with them. I'm not there, I'm not, I'm not going to debate them. Please, I'd be better off debating a, a, a rock. There'd be more interesting feedback from a rock. So, fuck them. Anyway, but as far as the DLC Democrats... I I would talk to them because I believe that 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misguided. Maybe they're more like Republicans than I even believe. But I think they're more like Republicans. They really are. But I do think because they call themselves Democrats that perhaps they're redeemable. You could reach them. You might be able to reach them. So that's what I'm doing. I would like to, I would reach them. Somebody, they might come into the show and they'll say, oh, here's a liberal, a progressive. She's on progressive voices. Oh, look, I like Stephanie Miller. Oh, let me listen to this bitch over here, this Tara Devlin bitch. And then they start hearing, what? You know, maybe, they, maybe they'll open their minds a little. They'll say, oh, so it's not just the Republicans. It's also the right-wing Democrats who sold out the New Deal and f- completed Reaganomics to the point where we're now the least upwardly mobile country. It didn't happen because of only one party. If that's the case, then the Democrats are even weaker than I thought, frankly. You get, uh, you know, you got to have your enablers. Enablers, I can't talk. Enablers. You know, like um, like the Germans. Everything that that the Nazis did, they did legally. But they had to take over the parliament. They took it over uh, legally. Now, I wouldn't say peacefully, but they took it over legally. And um, they had to have their enablers. That's it. And that's why, you know, that's who the, the Democrats are. What the hell are they doing? Reaching across the aisle to these fuckers. What are you doing? You don't reach across the aisle to... People who are perpetually wrong? What are you reaching across the aisle? The only reason you reach across the aisle is like to to smack them across the face. Say what? Wake up. Reach across the aisle. And I'm tired of Democrats. If you're a Democrat, stop pandering to fascism. You, I mean, Stacey Abrams, who's on my last nerve right now. Oh, she's the presumption. She might be the VP because she's black. Who fucking? She's a fucking Georgian um, nobody. Oh, she, why all of a sudden she's the, the star, the, the rising star du jour? Because she what? The, she's a Georgian from Georgia, right? Republican. I mean, uh, Democrat. Meaning what? You know what I uh, what annoyed me about her? Well, wh- where's your fair fight? That's another thing. These fuckers. Only it's not fair. They they shut down Bernie in New York. Where's your fair fight now, Stacey Abrams? You got nothing to say? What really got on my nerves about Stacey Abrams was that supposedly you want to vomit. Her favorite book is Atlas Shrugged. You want to you wanna vomit? Yeah, I do too. Stacey Abrams. Here's an article from Roll Call. Stacey Abrams, a pragmatic Democrat in a red state. An article from 2016. 
Stacy Abrams by Jonathan Miller. Stacy Abrams is a proud ex-bureaucrat who also loves the novel Atlas Shrugged. Really? She works with Republicans, but sometimes frustrates her Democratic colleagues. She grew up on food stamps and co-founded a beverage company for children. She has worked as a tax attorney and written several romantic suspense novels on the side. That's a lot of living. I grew up in a family with an ethos that said, if you have the capacity, you have the responsibility. Then what are you doing saying Atlas Shrugged is your favorite book? If that's the case, then you don't know books, honey, and you suck. Atlas Shrugged? is a shit-ass, horribly written novel by a sociopath. And, of course, the Republicans love it. I don't know. And if somebody really says, a Democrat says, my favorite novel is Atlas Shrugged, they're either an idiot or they're not a Democrat. Or they're trying to pander. That's another thing. You know how Democrats do this? So-called Democrats do this. They get up there and they say, like Reagan said, to quote Reagan, let me quote Ronald Reagan, as if there's no Democrats to quote. Where's, where's your FDR quote? You gotta, how, Who can you quote? They quote Reagan. Obama was famous for doing that. Let me see. Obama quotes Reagan. Let's just look that up. Constantly, he was quoting Reagan. Like Ronald Reagan said. As if he was going to wake these Republicans up suddenly. Let's see. Oh, God. I don't want to present myself as some singular figure. I think part of what's different are the times. I do think that, for example, the 1980 election was different. I think Ronald Reagan changed the trajectory of America in a way that, you know, Richard Nixon did not. And, well, yeah, he sort of fucked us and here we are. He changed, but that's called change the trajectory when they when they put you in the bowl and they flush, you're now changing the trajectory. Here, yeah, here's another one. Role model, what Obama sees in Reagan. This is from the New York Times. I mean, uh, not New York Times, from Time Magazine in 2011. Barack Obama realized long ago that Ronald Reagan was a transformational president who reshaped the nation and its politics. Yeah, the... Filthy fascists, Republicans, attacked the New Deal, and they found a lot of Democratic enablers to be complicit in the conspiracy. That's what they did. And they screwed the American working class, who are now the American working poor. Thanks to Reagan and the Democratic Party enablers. That's where it needs to go. We need to, let's have an honest conversation. That's what I can't stand about these pandering DLC Democrats. I could get things done. I could be bipartisan. Look, I like Atlas Shrugged. Fuck you, Atlas Shrugged. Unreal, as if we don't have the moral high ground. Of course we do. 
We're on the right side of history. I don't just say that. We're on the right side of humanity. We're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of the American dream. That's who real Democrats are. They don't see Reagan and say, well, let me see what I can learn. Let, I, I loved Reagan. Uh, he was very transformational. Unbelievable. There are policies and there are, where, where is it? There are, pers- there's persona. Obama is approaching the job in a Reagan-esque fashion. Fuck you. And that all gives this veneer that Reagan was some kind of amazing person. No, he was the Antichrist when it comes to democracy. He was the oligarchy's wet dream. From the time before FDR's bones were goddamn cold, they were looking for a FDR-esque kind of uh, figure to fit their suit, to pretend to be their populist. And they found that in Reagan. That who are they going to go to? Nixon? Ford? Are you kidding me? That's what they do. They're all about propaganda. And what annoys me is that how dare the Democrats play along? What do you mean quoting Reagan? You quote FDR, you motherfuckers. You don't give them legitimacy. You don't say, I like Atlas Shrugged. Holy shit. Bullshit. You know what I mean? This is why. They have, that's how they betray us every single day. Pretending. Propping up the oligarchy. No, it's not. It's they, they. We're not at a place where Republicans and Democrats both love democracy and the free democratic society that Republicans can only pretend to love. It's we're not at that place where they both want a vib- economically vibrant working class except they have different ideas how to get there. That's not where we are. We're at a place where one party or one faction of that party wants and is fighting for its life so we can have a, uh, a country, a, a democracy that works for everyone, not just the 1%. And another party, an entire party, is dedicated to undermine, not just undermining, but destroying democracy once and for all, for good, and entrenching a powerful aristocracy, an intergenerational aristocracy, like we were founded as an antidote to. And then we have the the DLC Democrats, this middle um, bunch of enablers who, what? Who give them legitimacy, who give these fascists legitimacy by playing along with the ruse, by saying, oh, yeah, we can reach across the aisle and get things done. What are you getting done? You're helping them. 
It's like, hey, I can reach across the aisle with Hitler, and we, we are, we built the Autobahn. See, look at us, we're bipartisan. Give me a break. And that's why I like Nina Turner. The other day I saw her on The Hill giving an interview, and she said, "She, I got to get this clip so I can have it handy. She said, they don't have any good. We, we have the good ideas. We have the right ideas. They don't. Yeah, that's how you come at it. You don't give them, you don't give them legitimacy. They don't have good ideas. What are their ideas? Make the rich richer. Make the working class the working poor. That's their idea. Destroy democracy. Make sure less people can vote until we can get rid of voting once and for all. That's their idea. Their idea is chaos. And in the midst of the chaos, make sure you concentrate more wealth and power in the few, into the hands of the few. While the dum-dums ripping each other's throats out on the food bank lines, who are dying, desperate to get back to work in the middle of a pandemic because we're not giving them anything. We're not even throwing them scraps. So don't pay any attention to the fact that the whole system is rigged against you. Just get out there and beg to get back into that system as quick as you can. Ridiculous. These people make me sick. That's why I have a not. You know what I mean? That's why. I am in constant, a constant state of anxiety. It's not, I don't know if it's anxiety. It's uh, anger. I walk around like, shut the fuck up. Sometimes I'll just scream out, shut up. I'll listen to corporate media. And I'm just like, Get me out of here. I want to I wanna scream at my grandparents. What did you do? Bringing me here to this, to this fucking madhouse, this armed madhouse. Thank you, Stephen Lee, for your super chat. <laughs> In the middle of all the craziness. Look at where we are. Oh, here's some more. I guess, what time is it? What time is it? It's time to get ill. Speaking of, reopen North Carolina organizer tested positive for COVID-19. Assholes. Says quarantine is a violation of civil rights. Yeah. This is from the Daily Coast. From the We Try to Tell You files comes a cautionary tale from North Carolina. On April 21st, North Carolina's MAGA contingent took to the streets to demand businesses reopen and get back to business, as usual, despite the fact that COVID-19 cases were surging. There are still no reliable antibody tests, no vaccine, and more importantly, the body count is still climbing with the help of a shady network of right-wing organizations promoted by Fox News, these reopen events took off nationwide. Now, one of the reopen North Carolina organizers says she has tested positive for the novel coronavirus. According to ABC 11, Aubrey Whitlock, 
shared the news on Reopen North Carolina Facebook page, which can only be viewed by members. Oh, well, that sucks. I want to see it. Aubrey. Aubrey Whitlock. What a dumb bitch. (laughs) Aubrey Whitlock. Reopen. Let's see if I can find anything about her. I know. She's a dumb bitch. Yes, you're right. You're right. She's stupid. What do you want me to do? I know. She's a monster. She's a dumb dumb, too. Um, Whitlock says her 14-day quarantine period ended on Sunday, and she was asymptomatic. God damn it. But when contacted by ABC's 11, uh, ABC 11's Jonah Kaplan about whether Whitlock had attended rallies the last Tuesday, last two Tuesdays, Whitlock simply said, no comment. Well, let's hope she gave it to a lot of people. A lot of dum-dums. Not good people. Not decent people. If she did attend, she risked the lives of hundreds of her fellow neighbors. Whitlock did confirm that she planned to attend a rally this week. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Live free or die. Well, go out there. Just leave us alone when you get it. Okay? News and Reporter reports that, I mean, uh, News and Observer reports, Whitlock was upset when she was forced to quarantine her posit- after her positive diagnosis. She should have just gone out there and given it to all of her fellow Trumpanzees. You know, herd immunity. Whitlock had some nerve to compare her predicament with those others. Oh, yeah, this is what happened, too. Whitlock had some nerve to compare her predicament to those with other disabilities. This is what they do. They, They are more than willing to grab the mantle of the oppressed constantly. When they are the oppressors, that's what Republicans do, but they want to latch on to decency and democracy and use the mechanisms of decency and democracy to basically to fuck us, to undermine those very mechanisms. So they are more than happy to take up the mantle of the oppressed when they're the oppressor. So Whitlock says, I have been told not to participate in public or private accommodations as requested by my government. Yeah, you know, the government that represents when you put that made in China American flag lapel pin on your chest. It's the flag pin represents the government that so many fought, bled and died to entrust to the dum-dums like Aubrey Whitblock, whatever the hell her name is, like the dumb bitch. She, that's, you know, think about all the decent people who are in their cold early graves while Aubrey Whitlock is still walking around with coronavirus. All of the decent patriots who gave their lives for this thing so Aubrey Whitlock can wipe our ass with it and use and pretend that she's so put upon when society says 
we don't need your virus, your your dumb dumb self spreading the virus to decent people. So we're all gonna shelter in place. But Aubrey couldn't be so put upon. You know these great patriots that they are. They they would do anything for their country. They love this country so much, except when they have to show it and prove it. Then they're wah, 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 I'm Aubrey Whitlock. I have coronavirus and I am, a, I am being oppressed. So she says, I have been told not to participate in public or private accommodations as requested by my government. By the government. Yes, so oppressive. And therefore denied my First Amendment right of freedom of religion, Whitlock wrote. If I were an essential employee, I would be denied access to my job by my employer and the government. Though compensated, those with other communicable diseases are afforded the right to work. Like what? Communicable, like AIDS maybe, but that's not, unless you're sharing a needle or um, having unprotected sex with them, I think you're going to be okay at work. So this is what they do. They manipulate, they twist, just like they twist everything. They twist the Constitution. You know, fitting the facts around the policy. It has been insinuated by others, Aubrey continues, the dumb bitch. I could be arrested for denying a quarantine order. However, the Americans with Disability Act prohibits discrimination by employers. And good luck with that. Bitch. I mean, if if you survive, unfortunately, I, you know, maybe you can meet Jesus. The Americans with Disability Act prohibits discrimination by employers, places of public accommodation, and state and local government agencies. Where do we draw the line? We draw the line with a fucking communicable virus that we have no goddamn vaccination against that's just killed 60,000 Americans in two months. You dumb, dumb, Trump and Z, tedious, dumb bitch, Aubrey. Where do we draw the line? Where do we draw? I would like to draw a line and I would hope that you would never cross it. Draw a line, build a wall, secede, just leave us alone. For good, leave decent society alone. Take your Trumpanzies with you, waving the flag, waving it like a baby, like a bunch of toddlers who have absolutely no idea what it means to be a patriot. They're not patriots, not at all. Uh, Aubrey is running around infecting untold numbers of her of people, her neighbors, 
because she's a selfish bitch who doesn't want to do her part in the war. What do you call somebody like that? A traitor, a coward, or just a Republican? A a plain old Republican. They've always been with us. We've always had to evolve in spite of them. And I have to ask, every day I ask, how much longer? How much longer? Are we going to put up with them? Are we going to take it? Thank you, Patricia, for your super chat. Very cute. I like the little emojis in the super chats. Anyway, um, stay tuned for many, many more stories like that. Because they're out there. All of these idiots. That's the only good thing. Only good thing that's going to come out of this coronavirus is that if it gets the right people, the ones who deserve it. Unfortunately, decent people are going to be affected as well. Anyway, the other thing, here's these fucking Republicans. Lindsey Graham, today, he says, over our dead bodies, Senator Graham opposes added unemployment relief for as the uh, COVID-19 death toll rises. The concept of a living wage is apparently still unfathomable to Lindsey Graham, who on Wednesday promised he would do everything in his power to fight an extension of federal coronavirus relief that could give those who are unemployed an extra $600 a week, according to the Post Courier. I promise you, over our dead bodies will this get authorized, or reauthorized, Graham said, of himself and and Republican Tim Scott. We've got to stop this. Don't you get it? I'm trying to tell... Everyone, I know you guys know. I'm talking to the DLCers. I'm talking to maybe the Republicans right now. Do you get it? Republicans hate you. They hate the working class. They want you to die. They don't want to give you the means to fight this. They want, they'd rather have a depression, a great depression. They'd rather have you at the food bank, begging, losing your house. Losing whatever savings you might have, that's gone if you have savings. Most Americans can't save $400. That's part of the problem. And Lindsey Graham wants to make sure it remains that way. They need you nice and malleable so they can continue entrenching oligarchy and concentrating wealth into fewer and fewer hands. That's the game being played. And for Twitler to not blink, he didn't waste a second. You, whether he should use the Defense Production Act for the uh, meat, for the, the corpse-creating industry, not that it didn't matter that how many people are dying, that coronavirus is rampant in the corpse-creating mills, the factory farms. He wants to send them back to work, and he is, and now these Republican states, they're saying, if you don't go back to work... If your corpse mill opens and you don't go back to work because you feel unsafe, 
because people, how many, in, in a town of whatever it was, 1,500, the million, not million, what am I saying, millions, in this, the it's a high percentage, I sound like Joe Biden, <laughs> 5,500 million people have died, no, you know what I mean, but uh, in this particular, I, not, I'm looking up corpse mill, of course, uh, in this f- food, f- fucking food processing plant. It's not processing. It's murder mill. It's a uh, corpse makers. Food processing. Coronavirus. These people are. How many people died? That's why I couldn't find it. Uh, more than five thousand food hun- food industry employees. Where is this? Hmm. Wait, hold on a second. Orders back to work. Yes. Meat workers say they'll refuse to go back to work. But the Republicans say that they will not get unemployment benefits because then they'll just be fired. Whether If they don't want to put their lives in danger in the corpse mills that are rampant with coronavirus where their fellow workers are dying of coronavirus at alarming and staggering rates, they won't get any relief and at all. That's who the Republicans are. And I want to say, do you get it? Do the Republicans, do you get it? If you're a worker, if you're somebody who works for a living, I guess you don't get it. If you're voting for Republicans, let let me give you a clue. They hate you. And here's another example. Why, uh, why do you think if you love somebody, you know how Twitler's always saying, "We want them to know we love them, we love them, we care about them." You love them, then you wouldn't send them to die. So you would do something. You would ensure you don't send anybody. To die that you don't that, that you don't send people to die who who you love. You don't show them that you love them by sending people to die in unsafe conditions. Where's the priority? The priority is not your life, and that's why I say you're working. It's not just the corpse mill; it's in every industry. But if you're working in a corpse mill. Murdering the animals in the corpse mill, you're only a few rungs higher on that ladder. Don't you see? They don't care. You're next. You're just one up from the the poor creatures who are giving their lives, but you're also giving your life. So that's who Republicans are. They don't care about you. They'll put you in unsafe conditions and make sure... There's, you have no recourse. 
They're not going to, they're not making them safer. They just want you, who, if you die, you die. That's the way they believe. That's what they think. You're a nothing. You don't get a living wage. You don't get retirement security. You don't get any security, period. You don't have health security. You just got to cut, 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 kill, 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 murder, 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 chop, chop, chop. If you die, oh well, next. That's who they are. They don't care. There's nobody, um, you know, there's no more, more, more illustration of that than what the Republicans are doing. Sending people back to work in these unsafe conditions, taking away their lifelines, and they don't care. Unemployed workers face a choice between safety and money as states reopen. Americans may soon face a stark choice as more states begin to reopen their doors, go back to work or risk catching the coronavirus, or stay at home and lose unemployment lose unemployment aid. The governor as governors allow more businesses and retail stores to come back online and even though we're not at the point where even Twitter, you know, Twitter and all his morons said we we had to be at a certain point before they would begin opening, but they can't wait for that point. See, that was a bullshit scam. They know that. They can't, now they don't want to give any more aid. They don't want anybody getting too uppity. They want to make sure that people don't realize that that government can do something if it wants to, if we want to. It's all about who, what kind of government? What's the meaning of government? Is it to make the rich richer? Yes, to Republicans, that's what it is. And if you die, oh, well, you're supposed to die. They're supposed to live. If you weren't going to die, you would have been born on third base. You were born into the working poor, so oh fucking well. Welcome to America. You will see Jesus soon. And the Republicans will ensure that with their policies. As governors allow more businesses and retail stores to come back online, employers will begin calling back workers who had been laid off or furloughed and were eligible for unemployment benefits if they refuse the offer to return to work out of fear for their health amid the pandemic. Federal guidelines dictate that they will lose aid that many have only just started to receive. At the same time, if they go back to work, they'll be returning to workplaces where safety precautions may be a patchwork at best. The Trump administration has so far declined to issue mandatory regulations at a federal level. The White House has planned for reopening the country, advise employers to follow best practices. You know, whatever. Whatever you say. Sort of like when they pulled all the FDA meat inspectors off the line and said, now the, uh, pol- now the policy is, hey, uh, you got any feces, 
pig penises, vulvas, or, uh, you know, uh, toenails in your corpses today? No? Okay, good. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's how they inspect the corpses nowadays. The White House's plan for reopening the country advised employers to follow best practices. <laughs> it's up to them. That's it. You know, wash your hands. But experts, I mean, met- metaphorically and literally, wash your hands, say more detailed science-based guidelines are needed to inform businesses across the country how to reopen their doors. And this is from Politico. I'm reading it from. Trump on Wednesday shrugged off the need for more specific federal guidelines, saying it was up to the states. You see, all the successes are mine, because I'm a big, giant baby, and all the failures are the states. So, um, the moral of the story is Republicans hate you. They hate America. And always have and always will. They hate the working class. And the struggle, the class war, is real. And they're winning. So this show, um, it's not, yeah, I'm a registered Democrat. But the doesn't mean that I'm all for everything that the Democrats do. I'm for the FDR Democratic Party. The winning Democratic Party. The party that built the middle class. We didn't have a middle class that was the envy of the entire world. That's why people wanted to come here. We didn't have that because some bankster, some oligarch, felt like trickling it upon us. We had it because government policy built the working class from the ground up with unionization laws, progressive taxation, an estate tax, living wages that were mandated, retirement security, laws, tax and trade laws that protected American manufacturing. And we can do it again if we wanted to. So... That's what I have to tell you guys. Um, yeah, Republicans, they hate you. They hate America. And yeah, it's just an, uh, it's only Thursday. It's just another day in the United States of serfs and lords. And before we could even get out of the woods, we're not out of the woods at all, Republicans want to send us back to... Make the second wave, I guess, of all the coronavirus deaths. 60,000 in two months wasn't good enough for them. They need more corpses. I saw, I'm not sure if you saw this. You probably did. Jared Kushner was interviewed. Here's the bullshit brigade. You're a guy that just wants to get things done. I know you don't want to get involved in the back and forth, but two questions keep coming up uh, over the weekend on the Sunday shows. Number one, where's the national strategy? That's from Governor Newsom on 60 Minutes and Senator Klobuchar on one of the uh, morning shows. And number two, if you'd answer that, and number two is, why did you guys collapse the pandemic office uh, when you guys took over, uh, possibly to save money? Do you want to answer both of them? 
Sure. So the, the pandemic office, uh, that was an NSC situation, but there's a lot of different parts of the government that are responsible for that, and all of those have been functioning. And again, we're on the other side of the medical aspect of this, and I think really? that we've uh, achieved all the different milestones that are needed. So the, gov the government, federal government, rose to the challenge, and this is a great success story. Oh, my uh, and, God. And I think that that's really, you know, what needs to be told. And in terms of the national strategy that you mentioned you with Governor that? Newsom, uh, look, we've been very busy doing. We released That's the, the strategy. how much Republicans hate America. 60,000 dead in two months is a great success story. Yeah, it is. It depends on your perspective. If you, if you hate Americans and you hate America and you like making Americans dead, yeah, that's a great success story. 60,000, it's sort of like Bush's catastrophic success. Remember that? Iraq was a catastrophic success. Is that what he said? Catastrophic? Yeah, exactly. It's a catastrophic success. The invasion of, of Iraq. What a catastrophic success story. Another one of these ca catastrophic success stories brought to us by the American Fascist Party. Unbelievable, but not. When I, as I was saying the words unbelievable, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, what am I saying? Of course it's, uh, it's not unbelievable. It's entirely believable. I just can't believe I can't believe I'm I'm watching it again. A catastrophic success. Another catastrophic success story. 60,000 Americans dead in two months. They beat their agenda. They thought that we would only get to 60,000 in August. Now we're in 60,000 territory and it's only been two months. Could you imagine? In two months, they're going to move the goalposts because remember when Twitler said... 250,000 Americans dead was was going to be their mark of success. A quarter of a million dead. That's how they would they would still be winners. He was trying to frame it. So when we get to that that milestone, they'll they're going to frame it. Oh, uh, anything less than a million, we thought we'd have a million dead. Well, we we definitely have the most cases here. That's because we have the worst health system, the measurably worst health system in the world where people delay care because they're afraid of going bankrupt. People have to go to work when they're sick. So, of course, and we also don't have a functioning government. We have a government filled with lords, sovereign lords who hate us. They don't fear us. They hate us. Lindsey Graham, him saying over my dead body, I wish, please, pretty please, Lindsey. I wish. Do your patriotic duty. Over my dead body. Okay. Thank you. Finally, he can do something that we both agree on. Nobody has done more damage to this country than the American Fascist Party, the Republican Party, and their DLC Democratic enablers.
And they hate you. So, yeah, they hate America. They hate the working class. You don't um, show you love something by just being so condescending, so dismissive. They don't treat banksters like that. You see? Banksters always have their hands out. They got their hands out and they got... They're constantly... They're never satisfied, banksters. Not only do they have their hands out, they want all the laws written in their favor. Otherwise, they can't make a buck. That's how much of the masters of the universe they are. They're so wise. They're such innovators that they can't seem to make a buck unless everything's rigged against the, uh, against the working class. Everything's written in their favor. Unless the rules are rigged. But Lindsay's all too willing to accommodate them. So, he don't hate the banksters. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) He likes them. He loves them. He's not sending them. He's not sending them any threats. He's not putting them in danger of losing their lives. He's letting them live high, high. Forget Cutting up the hogs, making corpses out of hogs. They're living high on the hogs. These motherfuckers. So, my question is, how much longer? How much longer are we going to take it? All right, guys. Uh, I need to get unconscious. You guys, I said I wasn't going to do a three-hour show. It's not quite three hours, but maybe one day we will have a daily show. That will, that's only if you become a patron. Everyone listening, everyone in the sound of my voice. I think I have a cat hair in my mouth. No, I wasn't kissing the cat, even though I will. Oh, ow. What do you think? Should they become patrons? Tell them. Patron? Suddenly so quiet. Do you you like, you like them, right? You like the patrons? Yes. Anyway. (laughs) Ah. Guys, so yeah. Monday we'll get a... We'll have a daily show. But whether we get there or not, or how fast we get there, is up to the viewers and the listeners and the supporters of the show. So I know times are tough. Um, Yeah, we do have an uphill battle. Anything. You know, $2 a month. you're, You're a patron. Eventually, I will figure out a way to... Do some patron-only content. I was thinking, as we were talking before, you know, in other shows, we were talking about maybe doing the Saturday show and then doing half a show for, or three-quarters of a show for everyone and then doing a patron-only section, stuff like that. Um, That's coming. It's all depends on how fast I can do things. It's, um, It's me. I'm me. I'm just one person here. And I have to sleep sometime. So, you guys, um, 
uh, there's a lot on your shoulders, too. As the Tower Buster OG crew, I do expect you to share the show with your friends. I expect you to like the show. And if you're listening to, to the show now, I would like you to subscribe on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification button. Why is it bl- blurry? Fucking camera. Blurry. Focus, focus. It's probably better. Blurry. Son of a bitch. Doesn't matter. I'm signing off. Why is it so blurry? Yeah, there you go. It's supposed to autofocus. So, yeah. Um, Become a patron. Share the show with your friends. Tweet about the show. Share our clips. All that stuff. And we will get there. But it is an uphill battle. One day. One day. If you believe in the liberal media, this is the liberal media. Right? It is. I hate to tell you, we're not only fighting the right, we're fighting the fake-ass DLC left. They're not left. They're not. They are actually the Republicans. They're like sane Republicans. But, yeah. And then we have the fascists who hate America. At least the DLC, you be, you think they believe in democracy. And, and well, as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm thinking, what am I talking about? These are the ones that took Bernie's name off the ballot. They really are part of the problem. So, yeah, we got our work cut out for us. But we were born here in the United States for a reason. That's what I say. When I feel down and I think, God damn you, Grandma, why the hell did you come over here? And I think, well, as a Buddhist, you pick your life, you pick your challenges. I guess my higher self wanted to be here. We saw that. I said, yeah, give me that challenge. That place is a shithole. Let me go there. Let me see what I can do there. Maybe I can help. (laughs) Oh, Anyway. You guys are my inspiration anyway, and I'm really fortunate to have the show and to have you guys on my side. As I always say, we stick together, we win. It is true. We stick together, we win is a way of life. It has to be. Not just these days, but every day. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of humanity. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for hanging out. I will see you on Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, stay safe and don't touch your face. Except for Republicans. Good night.